Hey, it's Craig, and let's peel back the curtain a little bit on how podcasts are produced sometimes when you work in the news industry. Sometimes you do a podcast, and all of a sudden the news changes. So lawyer Allison Craig and I had a conversation around 4 o'clock on Tuesday afternoon about these hockey players who are going to be facing charges for that sexual assault of the 2018 Hockey Canada Banquet in London. Well, it turns out when we were talking about this, there weren't official charges announced against any specific players yet. That changed as we were having the conversation. So we talk about Alex Formanton's lawyers acknowledging that he's been charged. The same now applies for Carter Hart, the goaltender of the Philadelphia Flyers. It applies to Dylan Dubé, the forward for the Calgary Flames, and two players for the New Jersey Devils, Cal Foote and Michael McLeod. That doesn't really change much about the legal discussions we had within this podcast. I just wanted to acknowledge right off the hop that we're not going to talk about the statements from the lawyers for those players just because we didn't know about them when we were having the conversation. As for the NHL, they've still said nothing. That's mentioned in the podcast. And the playing status of these players has not changed, which is also discussed in this podcast. From the heart of the Forest City, focusing on the biggest stories in London, this is the Craig Needles Podcast. Now here's your host, Craig Needles. It's the Craig Needles Podcast here at ClassicRock981.com, LondonNewsToday.ca, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us there too. And the big story obviously going on, not just London, but nationally, is what is going on with five members, we don't know exactly who they are yet, although we have a pretty good idea, of the 2018 Canadian World Junior Team. One of them, Alex Formanton, has been charged by London police with a sexual assault that occurred back in 2018 at a gala event. Uh, or at the very least, his lawyer said he's been, uh, his lawyer said that Formanton has been charged with something by London police. I think it's pretty clear that that's going to be the thing. They are going to have a news conference coming up on Monday where they're going to announce further charges. Carter Hart of the Philadelphia Flyers, Michael McLeod and Cal Foote of the New Jersey Devils, and Dylan Dubé of the Calgary Flames are all currently on leave from their teams. Those guys were all on the very same World Junior team. So we don't know exactly what's going to go on there yet, but uh, it's not unreasonable to say that we think we might have an idea. Allison Craig is a defense lawyer who knows what's going on with these types of cases and has a lot of experience here and has been kind enough to give us a few minutes on the podcast to discuss that today. Allison, thank you very much for the time. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Uh, first things first, before we get to all that, uh, the Blue Jays signing Justin Turner today. I'm hoping that's not the last move of the offseason. Where do you stand on the Justin Turner signing? Are you impressed? <laughs> uh, 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 I agree with you. Justin Turner is fantastic. I'd love to have him there, but he better not be the only one. Yeah, they they, they need one more bat because I think it's just the lineup is unserious as as currently constituted. If you want to be uh, a, right. a, a legit contending team, so they need a Soler or a Martinez or something in there. We'll see if that works out for the Yeah, Martinez. That would that that's what I would like to, and and we'll figure out the DH thing later. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see something along those lines, or you know what, even bringing. Chapman back wouldn't be the worst thing, but we'll we'll, we'll see on that. We'll see on that. Uh, let, yeah. uh, let's let's get to the case here. And a lot of people are wondering, you know, how quick this sort of thing could go. And notoriously, we hear all the time, well, the Canadian justice system is, is, is slower than the one in the U.S. I know there's a lot of people from the U.S. who might be following this case. Uh, I know this is probably a complicated answer, but how quickly might this thing go? I'm sure there are a lot of variables at play here. 
There's a lot of variables, you're right. Um, assuming that this is something going to trial rather than guilty pleas, um, the short answer is the Supreme Court has laid out time limits for how long cases must take to get to trial. Um, if it proceeds one route, that's a year and a half. If it proceeds a second route, that's two and a half years. So we'll have to wait and see which route this case takes, but it will be within one of those two timelines. Interesting. And uh, at least according to the statement from Alex Formanton's lawyers, uh, he wants to show his innocence in this case. Uh, the lawyers that Alex Formanton has hired, from what I understand, a uh, pretty big deal in the legal community as far as they do a lot of high-profile sex assault cases. Is that accurate? It is accurate, yes, and they're both wonderful lawyers. If we're to assume that charges are going to be laid against four other uh, hockey players coming up on Monday, what might happen next legally? Obviously, the hockey stuff, there's there's no way to really know for sure, but legally, what would happen next with these guys? I mean, I, I assume, given that they've already announced the news conference for Monday, I assume uh, all the players have been given probably Sunday night as sort of a deadline to surrender and be arrested. Um, they will all, I would assume, be released from the station like Mr. Formanton was. After that, um, a whole lot of nothing really happens for the next several months. Uh, there'll be a variety of, I refer to them as administrative court appearances, but they'll have several court appearances coming up. All the media will be there and be very disappointed when absolutely nothing happens. <laughs> um, because that's all, I always giggle when people are, you know, the media is following closely uh, set date appearances when we all know that nothing's going to happen. But um, really the next big step in the process is the Crown Attorney providing all of the defense lawyers with disclosure, which means a copy of all of the evidence that's being collected in the case. And that will probably take several months to be complete. So uh, waiting a little while at the very least. Uh, those set date appearances will... The players have to actually show up at those, or can they just be represented by counsel at those? In all likelihood, it would just be the lawyers appearing. They don't have to. Yeah. Something that people have wondered about, and I've seen this online, and people even asked me about it. In a case like this one, might it be possible that passports get seized? And that's particularly relevant here because of the potential defendants, at least one, uh, works in Switzerland playing hockey, and there uh, appears to be others, we don't know for sure, but perhaps there are others who play in the United States. So is it possible that the Crown says, hey, we're concerned about this and we're going to need to get your passports before you guys go? It's possible. That can be a condition of bail, um, but highly unlikely in this case for a couple of reasons. One, um, it seems that they're all being released from the station, in which case they, they wouldn't be in court to request that condition be added. But more significantly, unless there's evidence that they are a flight risk, um, there would be no reason for that condition. And if they're all turning themselves in, um, it would be a very difficult thing to argue they're a flight risk. They, they came and surrendered as requested. Sure, and presumably some of these guys may want to go back and play in the NHL, and if you're playing NHL hockey games in front of thousands of people every night, impossible to argue that one is a flight risk. Exactly, correct. We don't know the exact charges yet, but these guys could be facing some pretty serious punishments, potentially, uh, based on what we know of the statement of claim. And obviously, what's in the statement of claim isn't necessarily what police are going to be charging for here, but this could be a, a, a pretty serious punishment, right? What these guys might be facing? 
It sure could. Yeah. I mean, it depends on um, obviously what they're charged with. If it's just, and I don't mean this to diminish the severity of, of the offense at all, but if it's just, uh, and I'm using air quotes, sexual assault, the maximum penalty is 10 years. If it's more aggravated than that, such as what we refer to as gang sexual assault, uh, I think the maximum sentence is 14 years. But for, from everything I've heard, um, it's likely they're just being charged with sexual assault, in which case the maximum sentence, which nobody would get, um, is 10 years. Okay. But the the reality is a sentence, if, if that's it, is likely to be less than that, plus you factor in, you know... Uh, uh, getting out on parole or whatever it would happen to be. So we're, we're, we're probably not looking at 10 years behind bars for these guys in all likelihood, but it could be a, a, a stiff punishment, to say the least. Well, it could. I mean, they, it would definitely be jail time. There's no question that if convicted, uh, they would all be going to jail. The question is for how long. Right. Uh, the other question, of course, would be surrounding the civil suit. So there was a civil suit. We all saw the details when Rick West had of, of, of TSN did the reporting on that. The details, of course were absolutely horrific. Uh, the civil suit was settled not long after it was filed by this woman who goes by the initials EM in the civil suit. Uh, does that have any bearing at all on what might happen with the criminal case here, or or how does it affect it if it does? Um, no, it doesn't really. Um, I mean, the, the finding, well, there was no finding, I suppose, of a court in that. So, no, it really doesn't. Um, one way it could play a role in the prosecution is um, I don't know if there were um, cross examinations or anything done part of that as part of that civil suit. Probably not in the time frame that it was settled. But if it was, I think those would be fair game to use in court. Like for example, if she was cross examined on mm-hmm. um, an affidavit or something she filed for the civil suit. I think that would be fair game to use to try and impeach her with at the trial. The same would go for the accused if they filed any sworn documents as part of the civil case. I think the Crown could use those potentially to impeach them should they testify at the trial. But my my sense is that it was settled so quickly, a lot of that stuff probably didn't happen. Right. Um, it, it came off to me as Hockey Canada just wanted this thing to be done and dusted, so therefore they were going to be asking as few questions as possible. They knew something bad had happened, so they wanted to handle it. Exactly. Yeah, that seems to have been what happened. So that being the case, uh, there may not be a whole lot of impact here at all based on the civil suit aspect of this. Uh, there are, in the civil suit, uh, eight players who were apparently in the hotel room, so says a statement of claim. Do you think it's possible or even likely that there are going to be three more players who may not be charged here and would still have to at least testify? Are you surprised there aren't more players charged based on what was in the civil suit? Uh, could one potentially have been in the room there uh, for what had happened and, and not be criminally responsible for anything, I guess, is another part of this question. Uh, yes, to, to all of that. Yes, uh, some of them potentially. I mean... People have asked me what changed since the the police closed the investigation and since it's been reopened um, and now charges being laid. I have no inside knowledge, but potentially one thing now that I think about it that could have changed was maybe some of those players cooperated and provided Mm. statements to the police about things they saw or heard that night and so weren't charged. Um, That's certainly one possibility. Uh, But yeah, the Crown can subpoena whoever they want to testify. 
is that going to complicate the case here at all? And is that something a defense lawyer may focus on? Is London police looked into this in 2018 and kind of disposed of it pretty quickly. Then it becomes a national massive headline. It's the biggest story in the country. And London police reopened that investigation. Is that something that a defense lawyer might look at and kind of pick at as a weak point that, hey, why did you guys dispose of this case? Maybe nothing really happened here? Potentially. It's difficult to say without knowing why it was closed and why it was reopened. Um, I mean, typically in a case like this, um, it's really only the complainant that's a witness. Generally speaking, at any sexual assault trial, the Mm -hmm. the only person to testify is the complainant. Um, Occasionally other potentially civilians that she's spoken to or seen afterwards. But Usually it's just a complainant, in which case that probably wouldn't really come into play because, you know, a defense lawyer can't cross-examine the complainant about things that the police did or decisions the police made. She wouldn't be able to answer those questions. So um, it's probably unlikely that would play into it unless she gave a further statement after they closed it, potentially, that differed significantly from the first statement she gave. Right. I think that's really the only way it might come into play. Uh, that's interesting. And I, I know that there are people who are kind of wanting to see this move quickly and get some answers about this, you know, from the NHL's perspective. I just don't know if that's going to happen. I My suspicion, my guess is going to be the NHL says, well, we're going to let the criminal process play out. I don't know, but that's my guess. Would you feel much differently than me? No, I agree wholeheartedly. I can't, I mean, imagine the public outcry if these guys were allowed to keep playing yeah. while they're being prosecuted for sexual assault. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, it, it would be shocking. Yeah. Yes, it would. Uh, it, I, so I, I would think that they're going to suspend these guys pending the result of the, uh, of the criminal case. And after that, who knows, even if they're exonerated, their careers might still be over just based on being involved in this thing. Criminal exoneration and exoneration for doing anything wrong, obviously, are, are, are two different things as well. And that needs to be that needs to be looked at, too. But, yeah, I, I just think that are we really going to have someone who's facing this type of charge, you know, playing goal for a team or playing forward or defense or whatever it is? It just it just feels like it would be so gross that even the NHL couldn't bring themselves to get to that point. And they make a lot of bad decisions on this stuff, but I just don't think they, they would do it. You're correct. Even the NHL could not possibly be that stupid, I wouldn't think. Yeah. And they're pretty stupid. Yes, yes, they are. So, uh, so I, I, anything that you're going to be watching for on Monday in this case, the things that police might say, the exact nature of the charges, uh, is there anything that's kind of a key indicator here that you're going to be thinking, all right, I want to make sure that uh, I, I, I hear exactly what the, the, the case is on this because it's going to be an indicator as to where things might be going? Yeah, I mean, I number one, I'm interested in seeing what the charges are because um, obviously the allegations that all these guys were in the hotel room, as I understand it, at the same time. Um, and when I heard that the only thing they were being charged with was sexual assault rather than any one of the aggravated forms such as what we call gang sex assault, um, I found that interesting and it occurred to me, I mean, this is just pure speculation, but Mm -hmm. as someone who does a million of these cases, um, it's reasonably informed speculation. 
if they were charged with gang sexual assault, all the accused would have um, the option of having a preliminary hearing before their trial, which basically means they get to cross-examine the complainant under oath um, prior to there actually being a trial. And I, I suspect, and I don't know if we'll find this out, I assume we probably won't, but I suspect if they're only being charged with sexual assault, it's because the Crown Attorney, who the police has no doubt been um, consulting with, doesn't want the complainant to be exposed to cross-examination before the trial. Because that's what these cases are about, right? Our bread and butter is impeaching the credibility of complainants in these sorts of trials. So um, as a criminal lawyer and criminal law geek, that's what I'm particularly interested in, because I think that would be the only reason they wouldn't be charged with that, given the allegations. Um, and I, I wonder if they'll address why they reopened it and... Mm -hmm are taking a different route now. I suspect they won't, but that's the other thing I'd like to know. Yeah, I don't know if they will either. I will be asking the question at the very least if, if nobody else does, but what's changed between when you said there was not a case here to now when you're arresting people? And is it, right. is, is it just, hey, this became a national headline, national outrage, and, and we kind of got shamed into doing something? And London police have been caught in the middle of this sort of thing before. Is, is that what this is? Or was it something else? Did new evidence come forward? And again, you're probably right. There's, they almost certainly won't say anything. But the question needs to be put, put to them at the very least. It does, because I can tell you, I, I mean, generally speaking... If an allegation, at least in my experience, and I've been doing this 20 years, if an allegation of sexual assault is made, a charge is laid. Right. Period. End of discussion. And the 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 police policy sort of is lay the charge, let the court figure out if it happened or not. Um, that seems to be very different than when this case, when a bunch of famous hockey players were charged. Um, so from my perception as a criminal defense lawyer, it seems they were treated differently. And this case was treated differently than any other like normal civilians like you and I. So I really would like an answer to that question because um, it's very rare that a sexual assault case is closed without charges being laid. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm curious for a, a lot of reasons about exactly what's going to happen here. Uh, and as you said, it might take a significant amount of time before we really find out. Uh, in the meantime, uh, this this woman, she's going to have to presumably go on the stand and testify here. And that's not going to be easy. And we've seen defense lawyers give a very, very difficult time to women who are in this situation before. And a lot of people get angry about it. But one thing I, I, I did want to address here is that's the defense lawyer's job is you're doing to the best of your ability, representing your client in the best way you can see fit. And if you don't like the way that goes, that's kind of a hate the don't hate the player, hate the game situation. Uh, for me, it, it, I, I know that there's going to be a lot of anger when that happens, but I just preemptively want to say that's kind of part of it. And that's everyone expects this. The crown, the 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 woman who's who's made this accusation. Everyone kind of knows this is what's going to happen. That's likely going to be part of this. It's a very tense cross-examination of uh, of this woman, right? Oh, yes. By, I would add, five different defense yes. lawyers. Because they will each have their own lawyers. And each lawyer will be able to cross-examine the complainant. So it won't just be by one lawyer. It'll be by presumably five in this case. But 
Um, and so, yeah, that's going to be it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a nightmare um, for the complainant. But we can only convict people based on credible and reliable evidence. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's charged with a criminal offense, whether they did it or not, would expect no less. And, uh, you know, I know people don't like to hear this, but false allegations of sexual assault do happen. I've had several cases in my career where it has been not just reasonable doubt, but factually proven that what was alleged did not happen. So there's a reason complainants have to be subjected to that because the court has to make findings based only on credible and reliable evidence. Um, And there's also a whole lot of rules about what we as defense lawyers are and are not allowed to ask. Right. Um, So what the questions that we ask in cross-examination, the scope is very limited. There's a whole lot of things we can't ask about, such as prior sexual activity. You know, we, we can't be saying, well, you know, you were making out with the guy earlier in the night, therefore you must have consented. We can't ask about um any of her sexual activity from the past none of that there's a lot of rules that are placed on us um for good reason most of the time so um it's not just going to be you know full throttle embarrassment of her but it's also not going to be fun no uh and it'll be very interesting like you said it's going to be five lawyers and it's going to be five lawyers who are are really good at this. This is not going to be people who are are, are just starting out in the field. It's going to be people who really know what they're doing because if you've got a lot of money, those are the types of people that you hire. Uh, Allison, anything else that uh, you think really needs to be mentioned or, 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 or discussed here or you want people to know about on this case before we wrap up our conversation? Not at this point, no, because I think I've engaged in enough speculation already but um there's a lot of answers that i'm i'm very interested to find out early next week yeah and i think we're all very interested allison thank you so much for this always appreciate when you give us a few uh give us a few minutes of your time my pleasure that's allison craig who's a defense lawyer and kind enough to join us here on the craig needles podcast which of course you can find at classicrock981.com londonnewstoday.ca and wherever you get your podcast the craig needles podcast is a presentation of the blackburn media podcast network 